This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome back. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio and the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, where uh, he's got all the fun today. Uh, Good morning, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. I hope you're doing well this morning. And I'm really uh, so proud to have Al Cuderini on the show today. Uh, He is the uh, project director uh, for the Elder Law Project at North Mississippi Rural Legal Services. And, uh, you know, Al is one of our grads. And and like so many of our grads, he's gone into public service and helping uh, in in, in a way that doesn't always generate the greatest amount of money for lawyers. And I I think people don't understand how many lawyers really give back so much to the community and Al is one of those and the people at North Mississippi Rural Legal Services do great work with very limited resources. Good morning. I want to thank you for that great introduction and thank you for having us here on your program today. Uh, I would like to introduce a third-year law student, Stephanie Gobert, that is with us. She has been uh, volunteering at Legal Services this entire summer and I think that she Probably got about a third-year law education out of working with us, but she's going to be on the program today and uh, talking about what she's gathered from legal services and and how she has helped us and what type of cases we deal with. So uh, thank you for having us. Oh, Stephanie, we're so glad that you're with us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, uh, go ahead and push the microphone to Stephanie. Let's go ahead and give her a pop quiz. Uh, Stephanie, why don't you tell our listeners, uh, what is your take on what... What the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services, what's their mission? What uh, what do they do? Uh, tell uh, everyone in Mississippi all about the organization you've spent uh, the summer with. Well, their mission, in my opinion, is to kind of um, level the playing field and help the most vulnerable people in our society and our population. Um, most people can afford an attorney, but there's a large portion of our state who are unable to. And... When you can't afford that legal assistance, that can um, put you in some pretty bad situations, staying in an abusive relationship because you can't afford a divorce lawyer, um, not being able to uh, apply for benefits to support your health care because you can't afford a lawyer for assistance. And we provide that life-changing assistance to kind of help those people and make their lives better. Al, uh, can you go ahead and tell us uh, who are some of the people? I know you all have a, a tiny staff there, but who are some of the people who actually work at North Mississippi Rural Legal Services? Okay, I want to give a shout out to Johnny Ivy if she's listening this morning. Uh, Johnny was our PAI coordinator for maybe 40 years, and we're in our 52nd year now, so she's been there for a long time. She just retired last week. I think last Friday was her retirement party. I missed it. I was on vacation. But um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and people that you don't really uh, 
know or expect uh, to come in contact with, we have a hotline that has three call center attorneys that are working right now. They're they're in there from 9.30 to 3.30. When you call our 800 hotline, you'll get to speak with those hotline attorneys. They're housed in our Oxford office. Then we have uh, Miss Minnie Howard, who is the managing attorney there in the Oxford office. And then underneath her works uh, William Williamson. We call him Ledyard. He is the uh, staff attorney there. So we have two attorneys in the Oxford office, the call center, and then we have the administrative side. Uh, and that includes our special grants, like I have the Elder Law Project grant. Ben Wilkerson is our new tax director. And um, then we have our executive director, Ben Cole, Ruby White, our director of litigation, and all of our accounting staff. So uh, it's only four attor- or, uh, three call center attorneys and two attorneys that actually handle the Oxford area. But with the specialty grants, we have a couple more attorneys in there. And then we have offices in Clarksdale. Uh, West Point. West Point and Greenville. Thank you, Stephanie. Look, she, she passes that test right there. Awesome. So. Well, and with such a small staff and with such a large area to work on, you know, you all can't do that yourself. So I understand you've got a conference coming up to try to educate people, uh, teach people how to fish, as it say, as it were, instead of uh, just passing out fish. Uh, tell us about the the conference and who would benefit from attending the conference. Okay. We have our 2018 Elder Law Conference coming up. This will be our 26th or 27th year uh, doing that. It's my second year of handling this. That's going to be Friday, August 10th at the Oxford Conference Center here in town. Um, The target audience is primarily attorneys that are interested in elder law care and social workers uh, that are always interested in elder law care because that's what they deal with on a a daily basis. And the social workers get uh, six continuing education credits and the attorneys get six CLE credits, including one hour of ethics for that. But the conference is open to anybody that would like to attend. You don't have to stay for the whole eight hours that day. If you would like to pop in to hear one speaker, um, we would be glad to have you. And I think that we've just got a a killer's row of uh, speakers this year. So I I think there's something for everyone there. And uh, our agenda is posted at nmrls.com. And um, if I could take a minute, I don't want to go on forever here, but I'd like to tell you how we came up with the theme for this conference this year and maybe give an example of what we're, it, what people might be interested in hearing. Please do. Okay. I'm going to give a little personal story here as to what came up with uh, this year's topic is self-determination. And self-determination is allowing a senior or anyone really to make their own decisions, even if they're against your wishes. And I saw this over the last two years play out with my own family when my grandmother, who was 95, uh, she wanted to do what's called age in place. And that means that she's going to stay in her house till she drops. And she was adamant about that. Now she had three children, my mother, my aunt, and my uncle, they all lived an hour away. Uh, my grandmother lived in downtown Albany. She owned a, uh, two story house. She rented out the second floor to college students, uh, her washer and dryer and her, her extra oven were in the basement of the house it was a death trap for a 95 year old to walk up and down the stairs and do all these things we begged her for two years to get out of the house she she would not do it she was adamant that she was going to stay there it tore our family apart trying to deal with respecting her wishes 
and getting her into assisted living. She wouldn't allow anyone to come in the house to care for her. Uh, so we went through that for two years, and my mom and my aunt my uncle are probably just talking to each other now after going through that decision what happened was uh my grandmother finally fell broke her hip this is a a usual story it happens all the time she went to the hospital she decided to have her hip replaced at 95 rather than because she didn't want to be bed bound and everyone thought she would be dead within a year but uh and i don't want to be callous about that it's just the facts but um so she recovered from the hip surgery and did the uh, physical therapy, which was painful. My grandmother has never complained in her entire life, and she did that physical therapy as fast as she could to get back home. Uh, and it took a month to do that. She got home, and she died within two weeks of going into the house. And so she got her wish. It, it played out the way that she wanted. And I, I hold nothing against her for doing that. She let us know that that's what she wanted. The problem was that we never accepted it. We as the grandkids and the the uh, children never accepted that, and we fought about it. And I've tried to advise them as best I could. I had all the help in the state telling me what to say and what to do, but I couldn't change her mind, and I couldn't uh, stop my family from arguing about that. So long story short, I wanted to do a conference that would give not only seniors but the social workers and the attorneys, the front line of seeing people in these situations, the options to understand what to do when someone wants to stay in place and it's not a comfortable decision. These are topics that we will avoid till it, you know, it's absolutely necessary to talk about. So with that, we talked about what do you do when someone is self-determined to stay in the house and age in place, and what happens when it gets to the point where they just can no longer do it for their own health. Uh, my grandmother allowed to do it till she broke her hip and had to be hospitalized, but uh, it's a possibility that she could have been there days before any of us found her uh, in that situation. So I think that in in our case, it just came down to we needed to accept her choice, and, and we needed to respect that. And it would have been much easier on us, but not every family can do that. Not every family has the option uh, or the heart to just let someone do that. So basically, our conference is set up to deal with aging in place. What can we do? How can we do supported decision-making, which allows the senior to make decisions, but another person as an agent to take over as their capacity diminishes a little bit and kind of walk them towards maybe assisted living, and then finally a nursing home, and finally hospice care. So that is a huge topic for eight hours, but I think we have the group to pull it off, and I'm excited to to hear what they have to say. Well, that's wonderful that you're having the conference, because, you know, this this is not a cut as, as you found out it's not a cut and dried topic that there's going to be one right answer for everyone and uh, being able to expose uh uh, people in the industry to different thoughts and different ideas will give uh, the helpers different paths or avenues to suggest to all those involved all right. Well, we are we're going to before we take our next break, Frank, we appreciate you calling in uh, so uh, early. Let's get to you before we take our break. Frank from Jackson. Go ahead. OK, thank you so much for that story. Um, I see myself going down that road because I'm definitely hard headed. Um, <laughs> it is a travesty that in the state of Mississippi, 98 percent of the persons applying for public assistance are turned down. Uh, is that a class action suit just waiting to be filed? 
I mean, it seems like there's a conspiracy to purposely not give benefits to people or to certain people. I don't know the ins and outs. But if it's going to take an attorney to fill out this paperwork and to get reasonable responses from the persons who are hired to help folks apply, uh, what is going on in Mississippi? I mean, that sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen where they are purposely denying benefits to people. And I imagine they're using whatever surplus they have to, uh, you know, to give money to corporations to do studies and consultants or what have you. But that seems to be something legal services might be interested in. Al Cutterini, do you have uh, any suggestion or information for Frank about that? Well, I would advise Frank if he would like to call in, and that is the type of case that we handle. uh, I'll give out our hotline number. It's 1-800-498-1804. I'm going to dispute his statistics that 98% are turned down. It might feel like that to the person who's been turned down, uh, and I'm not sure where that number comes from, but there are some problems, and sometimes people are wrongly denied. They do get an appeal process. And, and we would handle that for them. If there was, we're not allowed to bring class action, class action suits at, at legal services. That's part of our funding from Congress. They block us from doing that. But we can do individual cases, and we can probably refer you to someone that could handle a class action if, if it was out there. And there's plenty of attorneys in Mississippi. I'm not aware of any cases right now going forward with that. But uh, if Frank would like to call our hotline or pass our number on, we'd be glad to take a look at it and help him in any way that we could. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, We're going to take our next break now. We'll also be sure to give out that phone number a little uh, after the break. And here's a surprising fact. For people who can afford to hire an attorney, there is one private attorney for every 450 citizens. What do you think the ratio is for those who can't afford to hire one? Uh, We're talking about... Uh, issues, legal issues concerning the elderly. And if you have any questions that you'd like answered by our North Mississippi Rural Legal Services guest, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. If you're enjoying this podcast, you might like to listen to the podcast In Legal Terms did on May 8th, 2018, concerning elder law with guest Professor Rebecca Morgan. We also have links to services related to this topic. That episode can be streamed at mpbonline.org slash inlegalterms or downloaded as a podcast from whatever podcast platform you use. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now we realize that not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live. So if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole thing at mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB media app, as is all our local shows. Today, I am Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. And this morning, uh, we're talking about elder law with our guest, Al Cutterini, uh, editor, I'm sorry, elder law director with 
this is such a long name, North Mississippi Rural Legal Services. Can I just say, you, you said it really fast, NMRLS. Um, and before I kind of teased you with a statistic that for people who can hire an attorney, there's one private attorney for every 450 citizens. I got this from the NMRLS website. But for people who cannot afford an attorney, there's only one legal services attorney available for every 21,000 low-income people who need free civil legal assistance. Wow. Al, do you know anything about that statistic? I know that statistics because we use it every year or we get a new update on it depending on the number of people that would qualify for our services in our uh, service area as opposed to how many cases we can open to help them. And I think it's like eight to one as to how many we can actually get to based on our staffing or lack of it. Uh, So there's a much greater need for our services than we can provide uh, actual legal services for. A lot of our cases are counsel and advice because we just can't go further with the case. We can advise them, here's what you need to do, but uh, if it's something that they could do in justice court, we encourage them to take care of that themselves because we we just don't have the staff and and the uh, paralegals and things like that to handle it. So the need is great. They could... uh, give us twofold the amount of work and and you know uh we just can't do anything with it even if we got more cases we need more help and that's why stephanie is sitting here and that's why we're working with the law school to get volunteers and uh students on internships or externships with the program because they're a lifesaver for us stephanie has been here all summer um probably worked on 50 cases at least least. with us uh yeah so um i could not do this the amount of cases we did this summer i could not do without stephanie and some of our other volunteers at the office i'm sure this is a would be is a frustrating uh occurrence for for everyone the the people who attempt to call you to contact you are doing it because they need help and if if y'all are just overloaded you don't have anything to you know you can't help them and the people who sign up for this you know aren't doing it to uh to pay for a, a lexus or an escalade you know they're they're doing it as a, as a service and out of their heart not to to make the big bucks and it must hurt them to not be able to help everyone who asks and Liz, you know i want to say too every year uh they have to get a budget appropriation from congress and the current administration actually proposed a zero budget for legal services corporation. Yeah, it's just not it. Think about all those people who would be without the, the legal services they need. Fortunately, Congress recognized that there is a need and Congress uh, continued to fund legal services as it has uh, for, for in this case, 52 years. I mean, it's been it's been around for a long time. It's done so much good. Uh, there never used to be a question about funding for legal services. So it's something that uh, they need private support as well. And, uh, you know, they do great work with very little. Well, we're talking today. Uh, Al Cutterini is our guest. He is the director. He is the elder law director with NMRLS, and that's the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services. Uh, we'll also have on our website, if you don't live in North Mississippi, the Miss MS Center 
for for legalservices.org that is uh, an avenue for help for the Jackson and Southern area MS Center for legalservices.org but um, you know we realize that the, the elderly of our society sometimes needs a little extra help that there are individuals who prey on them who physically uh, abuse them or are neg- negligent uh, towards the elderly we talked last week a little bit with the Attorney General's office on July 24th, and they have a vulnerable persons unit to investigate criminal actions. But, you know, today we're going to talk about the NMRLS who provide free civil legal services and representation to the poor elderly and the disabled who may need a little help with family issues such as uh, custody or adoptions and protective orders. Uh, They also have uh, taxes and housing, um, foreclosure prevention and landlord tenant problems, bankruptcy, in addition to the elder care, which could be fraud prevention, wills, advanced directives, and powers of attorney. So if you have any questions uh, for our uh, elder law guest, our phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. If you can't get to the phone today, our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Um, so uh, the Mississippi Vulnerable Adults Act, that's something in our uh, our legislature passed, and those are criminal uh, criminal rule, you know, actions that list that are, are criminal rules. Yeah, that's a, a statute actually that prevents or provides uh, action against someone who either financially exploits a, a senior or a vulnerable person. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it's anybody is considered a vulnerable person if they're in institutionalized care or uh, a state care agency. So it could be a minor, it could be a disabled person, it could be a senior. But uh, it applies both to physical abuse and financial abuse and emotional abuse. It it covers anything where a person is a caregiver over that uh, senior or vulnerable person and they're abusing their position as a caregiver by either stealing money, beating, withholding care sometimes. It doesn't have to be an action that you take. It can be uh, an action that you don't take. You don't give the person medication. You don't treat bed sores. You don't clean them. You over-medicate them so they stay in their bed all night long. Uh, There's numerous issues where it comes into play, and the state has set up uh, different guidelines and different areas to call. If it's a person being abused in a nursing home, you would call the attorney general's office. If it's a person being abused in their private home, you would call Mississippi Department of Health, uh, and they have hotlines there to make those complaints. And you can also file one online if you don't want to do it over the phone. Great. Well, and we'll have some of that information on our website, mpbonline.org slash 
in legal terms for folks who want to get a little bit more of information. The NM, I'm sorry, the NMRLS, uh, they do a lot of, of civil actions. So go ahead and tell us uh, what did you work on last week? What are some uh, examples of, of uh, ways that you ha- have helped individuals this past month? Well, um, 50% of our cases are doing wills, power of attorneys, and advanced health care directives for anyone over the age of 60, free of charge, regardless of your income. I have, as the Elder Law Project Director, I have a special grant funded by the six area agencies on aging, uh, and they allow me, basically, they pay my position to go out and draft these documents for free. Now, in Oxford, those would probably cost you $1,200 to $1,500 for an attorney. I was down in... um, Ethel, Mississippi, and a woman said, well, I did a will for $200. And I said, well, good for you, because I don't know too many attorneys that uh, would do that up here. But we will prepare uh, the the will, power of attorney, and advanced health care directive free of charge as long as you're in our service area, which is about from the middle of the state up. You can look online and see if you're in our area. And if you're not, you will be transferred to the southern area where they can do the same thing for you. But 50% of our day is doing those cases. The other 50% are housing issues, Medicaid issues, uh, nursing home issues. We've gotten a lot of USDA loan cases where Uh, The senior client has applied for a USDA loan or grant for someone to put a house on for them and and put a house on, put a roof on their house. The roof was done and it leaks within, you know, a week and the the person's inside is flooded. Uh, And we've actually, what do we have, five, four or five of those right now, Stephanie? So that's in the last month, we keep getting these calls and the pattern is the same. So if there's anyone out there who's had one of these situations where, they applied for a grant with the USDA, and either the person at the office talked them into getting a loan in addition to the grant or refusing the grant and taking a larger loan, and the person in the office chose the contractor. They're supposed to let you choose the contractor. Uh, if they did that and the work was subpar, you have any complaints, please call us because that's kind of something we weren't aware that's going on. And, and recently, I'd say the word's gotten out. People have called us and of the four cases, two involve the same office and the same USDA worker basically choosing the contractor and, and all of that. So uh, we do a lot of cases like that, and uh, we do – the elderly get in all the same situations that ever, everyone else does. They, they need divorces. They need protective orders. Uh, they need landlord-tenant issues. They need bankruptcy. So we handle all those situations, and, again, regardless of income uh, – you can qualify if you're over the age of 60 for our services. If you're not over the age of 60, you can still call the hotline and legal services will take care of it, but you need to qualify, and that's within 125% of the federal poverty guideline. But let me stress this. Don't try to do, if you're in the audience, don't try to do those calculations and and let it prevent you from calling us. Our call center uh, 
intake workers, they know how to do the calculations. They know how to make the right deductions for your rent, your, your mortgage payments or your vehicle payments, and it will bring you down to within the 125. So uh, don't think that, well, I make more than $14,000 a year. I, I, I won't qualify. Call us and we'll find the program that, that you'll qualify for and fit you in there. All right. Well, we're going to take our next break. Um, folks in Oxford, when we come back, uh, let's let's hear from Stephanie Gilbert, who's the uh, law student. Let's uh, let's let's put her through her, her pop quiz a little bit more to hear about her experiences and how have they prepared her to be a better attorney. If you don't live in one of the 39 counties that the NMRLS covers, where can a low income individual get help solving their legal problems? Program problems. We'll give out uh, a phone number and a website uh, after the break. The number to call in about this show. We don't want folks getting confused with too many phone numbers, but if you want to call into this show, the number is 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 1 877 672-7464. You can also send us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert, along with our guest, Al Cutterini, Elder Law Director with NMRLS. This morning, we're talking about uh, their work and elder law. Uh, if you're in Mississippi, mslegalservices.org is also a guide to free civil legal services for low-income persons and seniors in Mississippi. And that uh, 800 number that Al gave out earlier, that is a statewide intake hotline, and it'll direct you to the legal services for your area. That statewide toll-free number is one 800 498 one eight zero four, and I'll repeat that just before the next break. But we're talking about uh, legal elder law, and one of the guests in Oxford is law student Stephanie Goldbert. I've been jokingly, and I hope you know I'm joking because I'm joking, uh, but not joking. <laughs> uh, she's been working there this summer. Um, Stephanie, how have you felt that your experiences there at the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services, how have they helped prepare you to, to be a better attorney? Um, well, the experience has been invaluable. Um, I've come in contact with uh, different ethical dilemmas, um, how to preserve client confidentiality, um, and how just better to handle client relations, um, the importance of um, getting back to clients and just keeping that line of communication open, um, just in general, just the practical aspect of being a lawyer. Um, you don't really get that practical experience in law school. You get the theory, you get the book learning, but you don't get the uh, real-life experiences that legal services gives you. 
Professor Gershon, uh, uh, I'm so glad that our University of Mississippi School of Law is able to to partner with NMRLS to provide this opportunity. Oh, so am I. And, you know, we've had Debbie Bell on before and also uh, Christine Simpson on before, who both work with our pro bono project uh, and uh, send a good pipeline of students to uh, legal services. And it's great for our students. We have we also have clinical experiences where they can uh, practice law. So that practical experience is invaluable and we're proud to offer it. But I'm also I, I have to say I'm really proud of students like Stephanie who uh, do this on her own. I mean, she is volunteering and, you know, the spirit of volunteerism and our our student body is, is amazing, and it really does give me great hope for the future of our profession. We're talking today. We've got uh, Professor Richard Gershon is our expert at the University of Mississippi School of Law, and our guest is Al Cutterini. And Liz, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second because yes. we've been joined now by Ben Wilkerson, who is the tax attorney for NMO, uh, North Mississippi Rural Legal Services. I have to say the whole thing because I can't say the letter real fast. And uh, he w- would talk a little bit about some of the tax stuff that they do there as well. So we're lucky to have him join us. Uh, and uh, you, I know you couldn't see him come in. So I, you know I couldn't. Well, uh, Ben, welcome. We're so glad that you could join us. Yes, happy to be here. And, you know, that is another one of the uh, divisions, the different services that the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services uh, provides. They have the Mississippi Taxpayer Assistant and VIDA, uh, volu- ooh, uh, hang on a second, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Mississippi Taxpayer Assistance? Uh, Mississippi Taxpayer Assistance Project. Um, I'm the director um, we operate out of Oxford in the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services off office. Um, basically, we assist Mississippi taxpayers who have uh, disputes and controversies involving uh, the IRS with their federal income taxes. Um, we can assist basically on either end of a tax problem. So if a taxpayer is you know, having an exam issue, if they've filed a return and the IRS is auditing or examining that return and they have you know, questions about the, the taxpayer's income or you know, dependents that they've claimed or credits and things like that, um, we can assist them sort of on the front end to try to get that straightened out with the IRS before they end up, um, you know, owing money. Um, Sometimes you might even, you know, go from owing money to getting a refund, or you might just be able to sort of, uh, you know, get rid of, you know, that potential liability that the IRS um, is raising. Um, We can also assist sort of on the other end of that, which would be the collections process. Um, That's when, you know, the taxpayer, it's already been determined that they owe the money, um, but maybe they're having, you know, problems uh, coming up with the money to pay off that tax debt. Um, There's, you know, various avenues and solutions that you can work toward. Um, to sort of resolve those issues, and a lot of times it's it's not nearly as painful as probably a lot of taxpayers you know believe it to be. And I, I'm this uh, your funding for this uh, Mississippi Taxpayer Assistance Project. Uh, where can where does uh, how does Mississippi get the funding for that? Um, we are funded by the IRS, um, but we are not. 
we don't have any direct association with the IRS. So, you know, we're, we're actually sort of, you know, adversaries to the IRS, even though that's where our funding comes from, if that makes any sense. Right, right. And I think uh, part of that comes from the fact that the IRS actually, if you can't uh, calculate your own taxes, they, they're really supposed to do it for you. And so they have various organizations like this one, the Mississippi Taxpayer Assistance Project, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program, that, that allows them basically to have other people help with that that process is that that's correct and and it you know it's to the irs's benefit to you know just sort of clear out all of these cases that they have because they have a lot more um you know cases of people you know having tax issues than they have people that can deal with them um so it helps them to put people you know in positions around the country where they can sort of you know help people resolve these things because the more that get resolved, you know, the faster that they can move on to, you know, other things and maybe, uh, you know, dealing with with other things that might they might be able to um, solve better. You know, they might have a um, better solution for. So Ben Wilkerson is the director at the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services for their tax programs. And we're talking about the Mississippi Taxpayer Assistance. So, Ben, would you characterize uh, that specific service is for individuals who may have a... Uh, a, a problem, uh, a tax problem, uh, rather than just need assistance filling out their forms. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. Um, the Mississippi Taxpayer Assistance Project, we assist with tax problems, like like you say, you know, disputes involving the IRS. We don't prepare tax returns. Um, that's a function of, of VITA that, that was mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of come in after the fact. If, if there's some sort of issue with a return, um, you know, we can get involved with that. Uh, we are a low-income clinic, um, but our requirements are slightly different from uh, legal services. Uh, legal services is 125% of the poverty level. Um, we can actually go up to 250% of the poverty level. Um, so it kind of, you know, opens the door up for, you know, more of the population. Um, we also serve the entire state of Mississippi. Um, so, you know, anywhere within those borders, uh, we are able to, to represent um, in anybody in Mississippi. And I'll repeat what uh, Al Cutterini said a moment ago. Uh, listeners, you don't need to try to do the math to figure out things. If you need assistance, uh, if you give uh, a call, uh, they'll figure it out for you. If if you're qualified, if you qualify for them to help you, but then also if they have the the resources and, and the time and the manpower uh, to assist you. And as I mentioned uh, uh, before, the, the statewide phone number, if you want to call to, to get in touch uh, with these free legal services, that phone number is 800 800- Four nine eight one eight zero four, and I think with the uh, modern technology, they can figure out what county you've called from, and they can direct your call to the legal services center that services your county. Um, ben, we've been talking about the. Uh, 
Mississippi Taxpayer Assistance. I know, you know, since they've gotten uh, TurboTax and uh, all these different kinds of free software for for people to do, that's all well and good. But I, I imagine a lot of our our elderly might not have access to the internet, might not be computer comfortable to fill out their taxes, and uh, the 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 Vita the free tax preparation by volunteers would seem to be a uh, a fabulous opportunity for uh, a tax-free help for taxpayers who qualify. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a great program um, because the, the people that work for VITA, they're, they're volunteers. It's a completely free service, um, but they are also um, – you know they're they're registered with the IRS. They're they're trained tax preparers, um, so you know that whoever is preparing your return, you know, at a Vita site, um, is actually qualified to do so. Um, and you know it's a very common problem with um, kind of unreputable tax preparers. Um, there's a lot of just sort of fly-by-night type of businesses um, that offer tax preparation. Um, then they will, you know, get somebody in a bond by, um, you know, making mistakes either, you know, knowingly or unknowingly on people's returns. And then, you know, the, the taxpayer is the one that has to then deal with the repercussions of that. And then the tax preparer, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Maybe they had a site somewhere where they were doing work, and next thing you know, they're gone. You don't know where they went, and, you know, the taxpayer kind of has to to pick up all the pieces. Uh, So a lot of your problems can be, you know, avoided by just doing it right um, the first time, and VITA is a great resource for, for being able to do that. All right. Well, this hour has just flown by. We've been uh, so happy to have our guests from the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services. We're about to take our last break of the show. Uh, we've got one more uh, uh, service that the NMRLS has. It's the Mississippi Foreclosure Prevention Service. So if you have a, a question about that, our number to call in is one 877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is in legal terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. This has been such a great show, but if you've missed any of our program while you're running back and forth doing your errands to the bank or to the grocery store or around the house, remember you can listen to our whole show later this afternoon at 
mpbonline.org slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill, here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. And this morning we've got guests from the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services. We're speaking with Al Cutterini, who is the uh, elder director of their elder law services. But um, I want to reiterate for people who may have missed it, the beginning, um, you were talking about you were interested in trying to get information from individuals who may have gotten a USDA grant and loan because there have been uh, uh, some people who have gotten, I guess, loans for roofs that uh, they're leaking now. Can you remind us a little bit about that, uh, uh, Al? Sure. Within the last month, we've got four calls. Now, I've received four calls, and and another attorney in my office has two cases uh, that he's handling that we weren't even – we were just sitting around talking one day, and and we – talked about these problem cases and he said i have the same one and it turned out to be the same usda office that i was looking at but the complaint is that uh, a senior is going to the usda office the local usda office and they are applying for a grant for a home improvement grant that allows them not just to put a roof on though that seems to be the most popular one but they'll put a front porch on they will put a handicap ramp in they will put in a new bathroom system fix uh, any leaking plumbing or anything like that. They'll even paint the house. Um, and one of the, one of the clients had a complaint about that where uh, the people spilled paint all over her stone driveway and just left. Didn't clean it or anything. She took pictures of it. But the issue is that when they go to the USDA office, they're allowed to qualify for a grant of maybe $7,500, depending on what the work has to be done. The worker at the USDA office will then say, you can actually get a loan for $14,000, sometimes with the grant included, or sometimes they'll just say, well, if you apply for this loan, it's more money. And it's a uh, low-interest loan on it, and they're, you know, if everything goes out right, you won't have to pay for it. And so the person ends up signing up for the loan, and the person at the USDA office picks the builder. Now, they're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be able to pick the builder. The story that we're hearing is that the USDA person has a list of cards on the desk, and they are sliding them forward and saying, I would go with this builder. Now, that might just be a helpful suggestion, but the builders that they seem to choose are doing shoddy work. And we've seen two tin roofs put on where there's holes that you could stick your hand in the seams and it takes a little while for the water to start filling up the ceiling but after the first good rain there's ceiling stains and then the um sheetrock falls in so we've seen enough of them that we're suspicious about what's happening and if anyone else is familiar with this or knows of a case please give us a call because we could uh, work on all these together and figure out is this just one rogue office doing this or is this statewide um, and we don't know till people call us and say that they've had the same problem so uh, if you know any elderly neighbors that have applied for these grants and are unhappy there's supposed to be a one-year warranty to fix it uh, but if your builder's not licensed good luck tracking them down and we're trying to figure out what recourse we can provide for these people 
Well, we appreciate you helping the the citizens uh, of the North Mississippi Rural Legal Services is the organization that Al Cutterini and Ben Wilkerson uh, work for. That's that we're talking about today, and they help provide free civil legal service and representation to the poor, the elderly, and the disabled who may need help with family issues such as custody, adoptions, and protective orders, taxes, housing, foreclosure prevention, and landlord-tenant problems, bankruptcy, and elder care, which include fraud prevention, wills, advance directives, and power of attorney. Um, We also mentioned that their resources are uh, strained. So uh, give them a call if you would like some assistance. Uh, They will check to see if you qualify for assistance. They'll check to see if they have the resources that can help you if you do qualify. Um, I notice on the website uh, you've got a place to where they can people can make uh, contributions and make donations. And we've also been talking uh, with uh, law student Stephanie who volunteers there. Tell us about the ways that uh, individuals can help the NMRL with your mission. Well, there is a link to donate on the website, nmrls.com. Also, you could always think about uh, leaving a donation or contribution to legal services in your will. Um, And additionally, uh, a simple way you can help us at legal services is just to spread the word about us. We're one of the best-kept secrets in northern Mississippi. Uh, Tell your friends, your neighbors, anyone who might be interested or might be uh, in need of legal services but can't afford to uh, go out there and uh, buy them themselves. Um, one thing that uh, if you don't have the money and can't support us that way, one thing we rely on is volunteers at the office to actually make callbacks, track clients down. Uh, we do will days where we go out into the communities and, and we will prepare documents for seniors at adult daycares and things like that. And we like to bring witnesses with us. Every will needs two witnesses, and we don't want to use the people there. So we usually bring law students or paralegals with us as long as they're over the age of 18. Uh, we usually provide lunch for them, and, and it's about a four- or five-hour day of signing documents. It's a great experience to meet clients. It will uh, give you empathy if you did not have it before after meeting some of our clients in the situations, especially the homebound. Um, so there's a group here in Oxford called RSVP Oxford that's uh, retired seniors that they help us out, and they, they actually volunteer to do those things. But anybody could do that with us as long as you're over the age 18 and you understand what confidentiality is, and we'll brief you on all that stuff. But uh, you don't have to make a monetary donation. Sometimes your time is just as helpful. Wow. We have gone just flown by another hour, so that's wrapping us up today for In Legal Terms. Our call screener today has been Michelle McAdoo, and our board engineer in Jackson has been Jay White. Our engineer in Oxford has been Professor Richard Gershon. So he's at the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Tuesday Southern Remedy Show, Relatively Speaking. Please join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for another fantastic broadcast of In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.